Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Alejandra, content marketing specialist at 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Wellness Wednesday podcast with us here at 3W. My name is Alejandra, and I am the stand-in host for today's episode, and I'm here again with Dr. Susan Rutherford. Hello, Dr. Sue. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Yes. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in Seattle, and it actually, this whole week, the reports are telling us that it's supposed to be sunny all week, so what a great, exciting week for Seattle. Oh, yes. Nice change. Oh, yes. Well, today we're here to talk about our new topic, which is National Infertility Week, which happens to fall on the 18th through 24th of April. And Dr. Rutherford is going to share with us some insights on infertility and common things that we can learn, especially, I mean, this topic topic is so hard to grasp sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it'll be very, very insightful for us to learn as well as for me, because I don't know very much about infertility. Hopefully it'll be reassuring. Yes. Yes. Because there's a lot of fear behind it as well, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So thank you to all those that are listening with us today in this podcast. And please share this with your family, your friends, so that we can just grow in knowledge and education together. So I'm going to dive into the questions (laughs) with Dr. Rutherford. Okay. So what is the definition of infertility? So infertility is defined as unprotected sex or artificial insemination occurring regularly for over a year without achieving pregnancy. Mm. So having said that, there are some medical reasons that some evaluations might be done earlier for certain couples or certain medical conditions. Okay. Wow. Okay. So for example, age, unfortunately, fertility declines as women get older. So once they're 35, then most physicians will begin uh, an infertility evaluation after about six months of unprotected intercourse. And what would you say is the age where people start kind of going into that phase? More quickly, you mean? Yes. Yeah, the mid-30s. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a trend. It's a long-term trend. Once you hit 40, uh, there's no waiting. Right. <laughs> Before going ahead with medical workup or possibly medical assistance, achieving pregnancy, that sort of thing. Okay. There are some medical conditions, like if somebody just doesn't have periods, mm-hmm. or there are very, very rare periods, or if they know that there's a uterine abnormality, maybe they were born with, or maybe they have fibroids or they know they had pelvic inflammatory disease and 
probable damage to the tubes, or they know they have advanced endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things you you start jumping on right away. You don't right. wait for say, oh, let's give it you know one year of a trial. Okay. Um, the other thing is if there's a known reason for male component infertility, oh, right. men and women actually share the infertility incidence almost equally. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You would think it would be more at the woman's side. Yeah, but, but... it's it's both. Okay. Yeah, the percentages are, are uh, similar. And infertility affects about 15% of couples. Is that right? Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> okay. That's really... So along with that, around age 35, age 40 is when it's good to start getting checked? Is that well, what you're saying? Yes. Too? Although, you know, in general, I've was taught many, many years ago that the ideal childbearing age is like around 18, 17 to 19, right in that window, you know? And there aren't many people that are starting their families that early anymore. Right. But physiologically for the pregnancy process, for the um, successful fertility, all of that, you know, younger Mm -hmm. is a little bit better. So, you know, as women have put off childbearing, Yes. Because of careers or other other issues, you begin to wonder, were those really healthy choices? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So now that we have a little bit of grasp on the definition and how it can affect or the, the number of couples that it affects, what are the steps to evaluate infertility? Okay. So I'm going to cross off the list right away, the men, because we don't do that. I've not been involved with that. All years ago, I ordered semen analysis okay. as, a, as a screening test. That's the main thing. And then very quickly, any OBGYN, which is my background, right. <laughs> will send the men to a, a male infertility specialist. Okay. So for the women, which is where OBGYNs come involved, you know, basically a good medical history, a thorough physical exam, and then you proceed with other testing. The history is really important. Is this new infertility after a previous pregnancy, for example? Mm. What happened with those previous pregnancies? Have they had any pelvic infections, PID, um, sexually transmitted infections, those sorts of things? What contraception have they used, if any? And when did they use it? So, for instance, IUDs have a little higher chance of having pelvic infection than people that are using hormonal contraception. I see. Um, you know, are, are there any known things? What about family history? Sometimes there are fibroids in the family or a history of infertility in the family, or there are serious illnesses like diabetes, which increases the risk Is that for right? not getting pregnant mm-hmm. and increases the risk for early miscarriage as well. Mm-hmm. Are there birth defects in the family or inherited genetic disorders? I can't go through a list because the list is huge, but sure. you know, but anybody that knows about their family, that can be very helpful information. Right. Then as far as what the woman is experiencing, say maybe she has a normal physical exam, all her uh, female genital organs appear to be normally developed, mm-hmm. just normal breast development. Those are, that's useful information. But is she leaking milk from her breasts? That can indicate something that's called a pituitary tumor that secretes prolactin. It comes from the base of the brain. And that will prevent ovulation. That will cause infertility. Is so, that right? So even other parts of the body. So other parts to- of the body, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Do they have any um, adrenal gland problems? Is there excessive hair growth like on the upper lip for women? 
Mm. Uh, you know, they haven't any male hair growth p- patterns. Now, some of that's familial, racial, you know, just your sure. general ethnic background. Sure. But there are some abnormal degrees of that. Um, do they have pelvic pain? That could signal some scar tissue due to previous infection. Do they have pain with intercourse? That's the same, same issue. What medications are they taking? Are they taking supplements? Are they exposed to any environmental hazards, maybe through their occupation? Do they smoke? There's a little higher incidence of, of infertility. infertility and miscarriage, with, uh, especially the heavier the smoking, the worse the problem. Alcohol, also heavy alcohol use, and then recreational drugs. We don't know about marijuana right now, mm-hmm. um, although we do know that it causes some problems in the babies. But, um, you know, things like that could affect their overall health. Right. Ovulation, you know, regular periods when you have symptoms, you have menstrual cramps and premenstrual symptoms, you know, like little breast tenderness. How about craving for chocolate? Oh, yes. <laughs> Premenstrual. <laughs> yeah, that was always mine. You know, the, uh, ovulation is a sign of health, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, much of your body has to be functioning normally for you to ovulate. Wow. So that if there's a disorder that's affecting ovulation, that's often something that can be treated too. Okay. So so we've done the history, we've done the physical. Next, it's lab tests. Oh yes. Yes, yes. Or maybe an ultrasound, you know, okay. to look at the uterus and look at the ovaries looking for masses or cysts or way too many follicles or not enough follicles in the ovaries, things like that. Okay. So most of the labs foc- focus on things that affect ovulation. It can, if, uh, it can be general, if you have reason to check on general health, like especially thyroid. Right. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. That can be yes. a huge part. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, a lot of the medications look at, for example, male hormones. So men and women both have male and female hormones. They're just in different proportions. Okay. And if certain adrenal problems or certain ovarian problems like something called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's an old term. And now we just talk about PCOS. And uh, it has a huge spectrum, but it's probably the most common reason for ovulatory dysfunction. Mm. And it's actually pretty straightforward for many women to be treated with medication to get pregnant when they have PCOS, especially the milder in milder versions. Mm -hmm. I mentioned ultrasound. There are x-rays that can be done, like injecting dye up through the cervix, into the uterus, out through the tubes, and taking x-ray pictures to see if the tubes are open. That's amazing. Yeah. So that gives you an idea. Is the uterus shaped normally? And are are the tubes open? And is the dye coming out freely? Wow. Yeah. So that that way you don't have to have surgery. They can actually do that when you're having a laparoscopy. You just do it with some blue dye and you watch for the blue dye to come out the ends of the tubes while you're looking in with the laparoscope. That must be So that's a similar similar thing. Yeah. Okay. If there's reason to suspect endometriosis, mm-hmm. then often laparoscopy, which is surgical, mm-hmm. you know, the hole in the belly button and looking in with a lighted tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, laparoscopy could be useful, but it's no longer a routine part of the in- infertility workup. Okay. So how often do we find problems? You know, that's the question. Yes, how often? Yeah. yeah. So actually, often about 30% or so, we don't find a problem. Is that right? Yeah. So that's called unexplained infertility. And uh, there's nothing that can be done other than just 
continuing to try to get pregnant. It's it's really interesting. And so that would include women who are having normal menstrual cycles. And so that's not just those that are experiencing abnormal. Right. So okay. among so they'd be having normal menstrual cycles and the men would have a normal semen analysis and everything appears to be okay. And that's about thirty percent of couples that are having trouble getting pregnant. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so n- now knowing there can be people that have experienced abnormal signs mm-hmm. as well as those that have normal signs, mm-hmm. what are the steps towards treatment okay. for those? Yeah. So actually, one of the things that I'd like to mention is that there is a fertile window. So mm-hmm. I remember being taught years ago that if you have sex every single day, the sperm count might be lower. So, okay. so you probably shouldn't have sex all the time, you know, <laughs> and, and maybe space things out a few days, that sort of thing. But there is a fertile window that of the, the most optimal fertility is only about a three-day period oh. around the time of ovulation. Yeah. Right. So how do you figure out when that is? Mm-hmm. So one of the ways is by tracking the cycles. And we are actually <laughs> looking forward to within the next couple months getting a program started where uh, women can come in and learn how to track their cycles, not just when do they bleed, how heavy do they bleed, do they spot, but also the cervical mucus and various other symptoms. And if you put that all together, you can see a picture of changes in the body that are caused by the hormonal fluctuations. And certain hormonal fluctuations are normal, cause normal patterns, and so you're probably ovulating. So you can actually watch, especially the cervical mucus, Mm -hmm. to see when your fertile window is. Oh, that's great. So that could help some people that otherwise have quote unquote unexplained infertility. That's so true, anyway, true. so we're looking forward to offering that. It, we're super excited about yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, that's coming soon. But otherwise treatment, if you find a cause like PCOS, mm-hmm. there's some oral pills that are easy to take. Is that right? Yep. That that mm-hmm. quick of a treatment? Very quick. Very quick. Wow. They may have to change the dose and try to to increase it gradually to get somebody to ovulate. Okay. But um, there's some pretty successful medications that uh, that are used. People that have problems with endometriosis Mm -hmm. or blocked tubes or things like that, you're looking at potential surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then sometimes people are skipping that surgical approach and going straight to in vitro fertilization and assisted reproductive technologies like that. Okay. If it's a male factor, they can do things to concentrate the sperm. And then do artificial insemination. Okay. Or the in vitro would be using the um, sperm directly in the lab. Mm-hmm. They can even take a single sperm and inject it into an egg. But the, to get the eggs, they have to go in with a needle through the vagina and aspirate the follicles. So there, there are. You know, this gets kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some mm-hmm. insurance covers it, and some doesn't. Um, And some people don't feel comfortable with those procedures, either for just their personal preference, or some people feel like the artificial nature of it is not consistent with how we're designed. Mm -hmm. And so they may not take those steps. Mm -hmm. But that's where there's a lot of discussion involved. What we can do 
Yes. I know what, what we can, can do can here. We do here so I mentioned this teaching about the cycles. It's called FEM, mm-hmm. F-E-M-M. And that's really, it's really exciting to see that coming. Yes. So that will give them more information. Also, it can be used to avoid the fertile period for people that want to avoid pregnancy. Right. And it works pretty well for that, actually. Yes. When you go into this detail, not just the when are you bleeding, right. old style, to keep in a calendar. Mm-hmm. But when you go into all this detail, you know, we can start by going through the history and looking for red flags and things that might signal, oh, this is an area to look into, like your ovulatory pattern or environmental exposures or medication you're taking or, you know, what and what's the history, mm-hmm. you know, with marriages dissolving and reforming. Sometimes there's one partner that has had children mm-hmm. and another partner that hasn't. So that helps focus, well, we should maybe focus on the person that hasn't had any children, right. you know? And so you kind of have to adjust to, to every situation. We don't actually go into any of that testing. Mm-hmm. We can help do this basic history, do a physical exam, make sure that a woman is up on her regular well woman care, which includes checking the thyroid, for example, and checking the breasts. And so mm-hmm. picking up on some of these clues. Yeah. Um, and once we've collected that information, we're happy to forward that, to forward medical records to people that would pursue more detailed workups. For women, that's often their OBGYN doctor. Right. Yeah, yeah. but then some people end up going to a, an infertility specialist. And if you Google it or you look for reproductive endocrinology and infertility, that's the name of the OBGYN subspecialty that focuses on this. Okay. And so people might want to look for for that. Okay. Yeah. This is such good information, Dr. Rutherford. And as you said, right, this FEM program that we're about to launch soon is super exciting. And for me personally, I think it's such an insightful way to learn about your body because how often do you actually dive into why am I feeling this way? Why is my body feeling this way? Why are my hormones so up and down? You know, there's so many pieces to it and it's so much more insightful and you kind of feel you are a normal person, yes, right? You're not that's right. just this. That's right. Well, and some things, things, a lot of period irregularities are so common, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. I had the advantage of, you know, going through medical school and doing an OBGYN residency. So when all of a sudden my periods stop for three months, it's like, okay, I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm under a lot of stress, right? you know. <laughs> you know, right. or when I got that pain in my abdomen, one side of my abdomen halfway between periods, oh, I'm ovulating. That's middle schmertz. I know what that is. <laughs> you know. So I was kind of lucky cuz I just, you know, my own for, for myself. Right. You know, right. but this is stuff that a lot of people, I mean, people can learn this. You don't Definitely. have to go to medical school for it and Definitely. and a lot of people find that they're very empowered. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for this insightful information. And thank you so much to all of you that are listening. Please, if you haven't already, share this with your family and friends and come and visit us at 3W for your well-known exam or any other services that we offer here. Thank you, Dr. Sue, for being here with me. Thank you, Alejandra. Yeah, we'll see you all in the next episode. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0000.
206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you liked this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.